You're listening to the Dynasty Battlefield Podcast with your hosts, Thomas and Jerry Tyrell. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Dynasty Battlefield Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host today, Thomas Tyrell. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyBfieldTT. I'm also joined today by my co-host, my Dynasty cohort and Dynasty nemesis, Jerry Tyrell. Jerry, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well, thank you. And you can also find me on Twitter at DynastyBfieldJT. So uh, come come find me. Awesome, Jerry. Uh, also, would like to mention here uh, our website, DynastyBattlefield.com. You can uh, reach us there uh, where we will be posting these battles. Uh, also, we are offering a commissioning service. We currently have a 12-team super flex league that we're looking to fill. So uh, get on over there and join us in that league. We're already members of that league, so you will be going up uh, battling against us. And um, with that, I'd like to go ahead and just introduce today's battle, and we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, so that being said, let's start with Kenny Galladay and Amari Cooper. Uh, Jerry, if you'd like, I'll let you go ahead and kick us off on in this battle. Yep. Both of these guys are similar in ADP, which is kind of what we're focused on here when whenever we do our battles. We look at uh, players within a similar position that are in similar ADP range, uh, so that way um, we dive in dive into the numbers, look at the team surrounding these uh, players to see which one would be better fitted for your dynasty squad. Um, so with that, like I'll uh, I'll get started and go over just some uh, just some quick highlights of some numbers and yeah, I'll give please. you my my initial impressions. Um, so Galladay, between Galladay and Cooper, um, they're you know, obviously they're both number 1 wide receivers on their respective teams both very talented um, both with uh, same uh, similar body types uh, X receivers um, I, yeah it's what we're where you're struggling here so it's like yeah yeah um, well I think Galladay I think he's a little bit a little bit taller I think they they are prototypical outside receivers, but they are different in the way that they're used. Um, you know, I think Cooper is considered widely the better route runner. Um, you know, probably one of the top ten route runners in in all of football. Even coming into the league, he was considered one of the great. One, you know, not great, not one of the great, but he was considered a really good route runner coming out of college. And um, like I said, I think you know they like they just use them in, in different ways. Galladay has a little more average depth of target. Uh, he's a little bit taller. He's you know six four as opposed to six one, which you know um, makes a difference in when you're going for those 50-50 balls and uh, so you know different style of offenses and and those things. But as you were mentioning, of course, you know both uh, number one receivers for their respective teams. Um, Galladay had a monster year last year, right? It was his his true breakout year last year, and um, so that that's brought him into this. You know, if you look at the the ADP for these guys over their careers, uh, Cooper has been uh, drafted fairly high. Can you know he's always been a highly touted a highly touted player, uh, as I mentioned before, and uh, Galladay is really rising up the ranks 
you could see coming into last year that uh, he was the, he was expected to have that breakout year, or people were definitely looking for it. It was his uh, third year in, and um, and some. Not surprisingly, he did have that breakout. Uh, surprisingly, though, it was not with all with Matthew Stafford. He did have some challenges last year at the quarterback position, um, but his talent did did show out. So, um, one interesting fact about these two, uh, even though Amari was drafted in 2015, two years ahead of Galladay, uh, Galladay is actually older than Amari Cooper. So that's something that I, I was surprised to see, uh, which tells you a lot about Amari Cooper and why he was thought of so highly because of that early breakout age. He's coming into the NFL at such an early age, uh, being highly touted. And I think that has buoyed his ADP because of his youth and his, his decent uh, first couple years in Oakland before it kind of uh, he's kind of lost lost some steam there uh, before being moved to the Cowboys. So yeah, I agree. You know he was lost for quite a few years because he had uh, such high expectations coming out of uh, college. Um, landed with the Raiders and the Raiders just couldn't do anything with him. He never um, he never bore any fruit from his um, draft stock uh, of fourth overall in the uh, 2015 draft. Um, it just never come to fruition. So um, when it come, when uh, Oakland at the time had the opportunity to move him, they moved him and Dallas jumped right on top of that. Um, so that goes to say a lot with the organization that drafted him. I think that they were just in quite a bit of turmoil themselves during those years that he drafted that they drafted um, Cooper because once he uh, got to Dallas um, he started producing right away you started to see those those uh, flashes of the player that uh, he was drafted to be Um, but he's never he's never gotten a good return on ADP. Like, well, I'll push back on that. I think please. his second year in the league, he had a he had a very nice year and I believe he finished as a back end wide receiver one that year, uh front end wide receiver two, depending on your scoring system. Um it was the it was the following year I think is where maybe uh has blinded not blinded you but has um, what you remember from Oakland, you remember his last year where he had a pretty high drop percentage. Uh, he was injured, so he didn't play a full season. He only played in 14 games, only started 12 of those games. Um, he only had he had less than 700 yards. It was a huge disappointment. And I think uh, coming into the 2018 season, he kind of got off to the same start in Oakland. And I think that's what... Oakland was like, okay, we got to let go of this guy. He's not – he had those first two – his rookie year was okay. His second year was really good. And then he started regressing in the minds of the Oakland uh, brass, I guess. And they had – you know, John Groot had just came in that year. So he's looking to acquire picks and acquire more talent. And he's seen this guy who's not living up to his potential at the time. And uh, so thought they'd be better off moving him to Dallas, and which I think was a huge, a huge boon for uh, for Cooper because of 
that Dallas offense, the line, the way that they are constructed. He came in and was immediately the number one guy uh, to give and gave great target for uh, Prescott to be throwing the ball to. Like I said, he's one of the better route runners. He seems to always be open. Uh, He did have some issues with injuries. uh, And at the end of the season, I think a lot of people were talking about how he wasn't on the field and some of the most critical plays for the Cowboys, which could be explained by coaching potentially. uh, But also speaks to the player and the fact that he was not on the field. So there are some lingering issues there from – from the from the Cowboys' perspective, and you know they just did sign him to a, to a large contract, uh, four year. Don't remember the exact numbers on those, but it's a four year contract that basically they can get out of in two years, and uh, without any damage or you know any big cap hit outside of those first two years. Um, so there are some questions surrounding uh, Cooper and going forward. The Cowboys just. Drafted another wide receiver. They already have Gallup as you know Michael Gallup as well, who showed pretty pretty nicely last year in his second year. Um, so uh, speaking specifically on Cooper, there are some questions. But uh, he, as you mentioned, he was the fourth pick. So obviously, someone at that time believed in in the hype because he was a top five player in uh, in that 2015 draft. Very much so. You have very high expectations on someone you draft that high. You want to, them to make an immediate impact. Obviously, that didn't happen in Oakland, like we said. Moved on to Dallas. And when I say that he didn't deliver on his ADP, um, you know, ever since he was a rookie, you know, positional ADP, uh, he's never been drafted below wide receiver 12. Like, so when I say there's not a good return on ADP, that's that's pretty lofty coming in your rookie season, being drafted as the 12th overall wide receiver and peaked as high as the uh, fifth wide receiver uh, drafted in 2017. Um, he's fallen fallen down quite a bit from there, uh, but he's still you know within the top within the top 10. Um, I just don't see a whole lot of return. Well, I don't – I mean, I agree. I agree that he's yeah. he's probably been overdrafted just based on that number four overall pick. Uh, his stock coming into the league, uh, into, the, into the dynasty community was sky high, and it's kind of stayed there, buoyed by the fact that some of the things that we've already mentioned, his youth, he has had some productive seasons. Uh, you know, those first two years in Oakland were 1,000-yard receiver seasons. If not efficient, they were still – they're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that um, that speaks to uh, like a long-term solid player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do agree, you know, because we are specifically talking about ADP and that inherently is discussing value and where we can get players and what they are worth. Um, so we have to really consider that, you know, um, but he's fallen back in this position, so we are comparing him to someone that is similar in that range. Um, so we're going to be looking at him in, you know, kind of apples to apples in that way. So uh, I don't think I don't think that that is a huge point at this point in this argument, mm-hmm. just based on the fact that we're comparing him to someone else in that specific ADP, right? Um, which. I'll let you speak on Galladay here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking on that point specifically, I mean, right. he 
definitely out outperformed his ADP last year, crushed it, was you know a top ten receiver. And um, I'll let you can explain yeah, on that for a little I bit. I mean, ever since he entered the league in uh, 20, 2017, um, he was drafted as a 58th overall wide receiver. And he's delivered on, you know, his his numbers every year. Uh, and he's rose from 58 in 2017 all the way to roughly wide receiver 12 this year. Um, he was drafted as wide receiver 15 last year. And uh, to your point, when when you said that uh, he he's done more with less, Galladay has. He had three different quarterbacks last year with the uh, with the injury to Stafford and them trying to find their uh, uh, replacement. Um, but um, you know he was 22nd in targets, 29th in receptions. However finished sixth in yards and first in TDs. So when I say he's done more with less, that's that's what uh, that's what I'm alluding to. Um, he led the league in receptions of 25 plus yards. He had a lot of deep balls thrown his way and that was not just from Stafford. Uh, that was from uh, Blau yeah. and I don't even know who the other quarterback was, I honestly. Can't, I, can't I can't remember. Right now. I can't remember. But that's those but, quarterbacks playing YOLO, just throwing it deep, knowing right. they've got a good guy that can go get the ball. So even though Galladay is a little bit older than Cooper, Cooper has more uh, NFL experience at this point. He's got uh, two more years under his belt than, uh, than what Galladay does. I just see uh, Galladay maintaining uh, the status that he has rose to with the return of Stafford this year. Um, and, you know, obviously if uh, Stafford goes down, he still has the potential to uh, carry a portion of that team. Whereas I don't think that Amari Cooper has that ability to uh, carry a team with his uh, athletic ability, even though that team is, con- uh, is extremely talented. Uh, Dallas is. Uh, They've got a lot of lot of good players in in those skill positions. So if uh, if Cooper was in the same position that Galladay was, and they lost Dak Prescott, I don't think that Cooper would uh, still perform up to his ADP per se. Yeah, I probably agree with that for sure. Um, <clears throat> you would think that given that Andy Dalton's in Dallas now. Should Prescott get hurt, that having having that um, <clears throat> having that veteran stability behind may help Cooper, but I agree with you as far as uh, he's definitely not uh, someone that I think that they're gonna that they would lean on the way that the way that the uh, Lions basically have to lean on Galladay, right? I mean, he doesn't have the other options um, to go with uh, him. So he doesn't, you know, they don't have a Zeke, you know, even though they drafted DeAndre Swift um, and they have Kerryon Johnson, they've got Marvin Jones, who's older, Amendola, who's older. They have Hawkinson now. They drafted him last year. So, and we'll see, hopefully he'll progress this year. And who knows, but hopefully we'll get a, a, a 16 game season out of Stafford, right? That was huge when you're talking about those numbers because even when you look at the split, I mean, he still had – his numbers were just as good. They're just not as efficient without Stafford. They were still throwing him the ball deep. I believe he was uh, top five in ADOT, um, which is average distance of target, around 16 yards for that. Also, yards per reception, he was also top five, maybe even number one. He was 18 yards a catch, um, you know, 10 yards a target. Those are some great numbers. And 
compared to compared to Cooper, the numbers when you look at like what um, a lot of normal fans or people who aren't di- who aren't diving deep, the numbers are going to look very similar, right? They had they're basically within three targets of each other. Uh, Cooper had more receptions. Like I said, they use them differently. So his A dot, his distance of target, his distance of catch, they're not they're not they're not comparable to Galladay. Galladay only had 65 catches on his 113 targets, but he still had one more yard than Amari Cooper, right? 1190 to 1189. Like they're right there. Uh, Cooper had eight touchdowns, which speaks, I think, to the, to the offense uh, that he's in. Mm-hmm. Seven or eight touchdowns. I think that speaks to the offense that he was in. Whereas Galladay, he led the league uh, in re- in receiving touchdowns with eleven, and I think that speaks to his talent. Uh, as you mentioned, he's had this nice progression uh, in his average draft position, and he's lived up to that progression. Um, and so you can see going forward, he's sitting right now where he's valued at the very end of the of the wide receiver one group and uh he's performed as a wide receiver one last year with a with a half season of matthew stafford so you got to think that given his progression from year to year uh that he's in line for another monster season and potentially staking his claim to be a top five receiver in the nfl uh given all those things that we just talked about so uh, this is another interesting battle, of course. All these battles are, are, are going to be tight, uh, and it just gets down to what are the, what are the factors that you really would you, that you like in your in your position group? Do you what kind of receiver do you want? Do you uh, when you look at consistency, even given that um, given that three quarterback season he had, talking about Gall- uh, Galladay. He still managed to be fairly consistent, uh, considering that some games the targets the targets weren't there. The production was so he was very efficient on those targets, uh, considering what he had to work with. Right, the deep ball really helped him out. Like I said, he led the league in uh, receptions of 25 uh, plus yards. And if you go back and look at uh, some of his touchdowns, they were uh, 40, 50. And I think that he even had a 78-yarder touchdown in there. And that was, you know, some of those long touchdowns weren't thrown by Stafford. So there was, you know, um, uh, even though the team struggled as a whole, I mean, there was some decent uh, quarterback play when it – or I guess let me say this. Uh, there was some decent chemistry between the quarterback and Galladay. I wouldn't say the rest of the team because they uh, didn't do too well, but there was some good uh, uh, chemistry there, uh, and I think that lends a lot to uh, the reliability of uh, of Galladay, knowing that uh, you know he can get open. Uh, he's going to get some separation to where that uh, uh, the backup quarterbacks can come in and, and trust him yeah. to throw the ball up to him. Yes, absolutely, yes. absolutely, yeah. and you can see that, and uh, you can see that what you just said in target share, uh, target percentage. He's got he had thirty percent target percentage for the team uh, compared to uh, Cooper specifically, who only had a seventeen percent target share. So I think that speaks to just the amount of options that the offenses have, and um, you know, given that volume that we saw early on from Stafford, uh, we were extrapolating that. Um, they're going to be looking at a high-volume passing offense. And um, 
you know, Galladay is going to reap the benefits big time of that offense this year uh, as long as Stafford can stay healthy. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that one. So I'll definitely take Galladay this year. And uh, if I'm on the clock, startup draft, uh, these two guys are presented in front of me uh, and I'm looking to take a wide receiver. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Galladay here moving forward uh, over Cooper. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you on that. I uh, I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan, of course, and uh, I love having Cooper on the Cowboys. It was uh, it was an easy trade. I know the Cowboys kind of got crushed early on for sending a first to Oakland for Cooper, but I think he kind of changed the dynamic of that offense just by bringing him in. And, um, I think it was a huge for that team, and I think they prospered because of it. And um, I'm a huge fan of Cooper. Uh, but when I'm on the clock and I'm looking at my dynasty squad, I think going back to some of the things that you mentioned, I feel like uh, I've just been disappointed with Cooper uh, because of the hype, because of uh, because of that, because of those you know expectations, and you just want him to be the number one receiver. Like he's got the talent, he can do it. Um, but at the same time. You know, we have to pay the price. When you're paying such a high price, you want that high return, and not getting the return is kind of, you know, leaves a sour taste in your mouth. So, for this battle, not just for this year, I think going forward, you know, you have to consider, even though Galladay is, you know, slightly older, they're still uh, just hitting their prime. And um, so, not just, you know, beyond 2021, you know, 2021, I'm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, looking forward. To Galladay and his and seeing how high that arc, that career arc that he's on, seeing how high that he can get. So uh, I'm going to agree with you on this battle, and I'm going to take Kenny Galladay. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, Galladay should be probably the the clear cut uh, the clear cut winner here. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and we'll just uh, close this, finish this battle. Yeah. I think we've we've uh, deciphered that as much as we can. Right. So. Um, with that, we'll go ahead and close the show, and um, we'd like to thank you for listening to today's episode. And um, yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode. And you know, you can always send us your battle. Uh, we're always looking for for new battles, things that uh, that you want to hear about. So uh, you can always contact us on Twitter at the, our main handle is at at Dynasty Field. You can tweet me, Thomas, at DynastyBfieldTT. Uh, you can also tweet me at DynastyBfieldJT. Um, like I said, you can also um, find our website at DynastyBattlefield.com. Um, we are running a... Um, um, a commissioning service that uh, we are currently filling a 12-team Superflex League, uh, $50 entry fee. Uh, come and uh, check it out. We are actually in the league itself, so um, come and uh, come and give us a challenge. Absolutely, Jerry. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and close the show, and we will see you on the next episode of Dynasty Battle. Thank you.